You're listening to Feed for Thought by Milne Feeds. G'day, it's Tom here with you for this episode of Feed for Thought, brought to you by Milne Feeds. And we have a very special guest on the show today. We're chatting with Michaela, who is the founder of Lana Velo, which is an Australian merino wool activewear range. So Michaela, welcome to the show today. Hi, Tom. Thanks for chatting with me. No, thanks for jumping on board. This is fantastic. It's, um, yeah, Australian Merino wool, active wear, love the name, Lana Velo. Um, <laughs> we want to talk all about it, but first, Michaela, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about where you grew up and your farming background and all the good stuff? Absolutely. So I grew up in Wild Catcham, little little town. It's funny, everyone knows someone or has worked in Wiley, even though it's tiny and there's not a lot there. So <laughs> I say that and I was going to go into it and I thought, no, everyone will know Wiley. Um, yep. Yeah, so my family's there. They've farmed there. My parents are still there. I'm sitting at my parents' house right now, which is uh, fun. But, um, yeah, so I grew up there and then went to Perth for boarding school and then uh, did zoology at university in Perth. But... I was always going to live in the country, so kind of headed back to Wiley and then met my now husband, Mitchell, who lives in York. So, yeah, I haven't haven't moved that far, really. York's about an hour away from Wiley, so that's nice. But, yeah, uh, in York now, which is lovely, but I've always been really sporty. The whole family's really sporty um, and very much grew up with you know, all the pets surrounded by animals and that sort of thing, hence the zoology degree. So, yeah, that's kind of led to, yeah, what's become Lana Velo. Wow. Okay. This is quite a quite a story arc we have going on here. So what kind of things <laughs> are you farming? Yeah. So uh, in York, we do uh, sheep and crops, sorry. So, yeah, we kind of stretched a bit between, uh, you know, how it is buying land these days, you know, at least a bit here and a bit there. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've got sheep down in Beverly and then do crops all over and we've expanded a bit this year. So busy, busy, but we've managed to get a little bit of rain. Can't complain down in Wiley, mum and dad, it's, uh, it's pretty dry there. So Mm. yeah. Yeah. Very different landscape, even though it's only an hour away, everyone's had something a bit different this year. Yeah. Very, very different. It's, uh, yeah, it's always, it's nice to drive because the, yeah, the landscape changes so much, but yeah, unfortunately, not too much rain out that way. So let's ask a question here because I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the picture growing up, having the animals around. You've had that really nice farm upbringing. You had to go to Perth, or you went to Perth for school and study and whatnot. Um, so with zoology, did that while you were studying that, did that kind of tick the boxes, or did you realise in there somewhere that you wanted to you enjoyed it, but you wanted to do something a bit different, or you just wanted to go back out into the country instead of staying in the city? Like what? How did that kind of unfold? Yeah, I so I took a gap year after school. I didn't really know what I wanted wanted to do, but I got the marks to get into uni. I loved the animals, so I kind of went with the zoology thing. And then I'm sure most people that go to uni can relate. The first few years are very general subjects, and then it went in and it was a lot of genetics, which was not the side I liked. I really, really enjoyed learning about body systems and how the animals interact and that sort of thing. Um, so I didn't love the course as such, but I loved the idea of the jobs I could get afterwards. So I stuck with it. Um, and then it just became apparent that so many people loved that kind of job, (laughs) (laughs) that there's only so many of those jobs around and when people get in them, um, 
you know, they tend to stay there until they retire kind of thing. So, you know, tried for a little bit uh, trying to get a bit of experience in that field and applied for a few jobs. And then I distinctly remember one job. It was for like 14 hours a fortnight over in Queensland at a koala park. And they said, oh, look, we loved your resume. Like, you're fantastic. But we've gone with someone that got their master's. And I was like, okay, I'm not going back to uni to do my master's to get 14-hour-a-week job. Yeah. <laughs> a 14-hour fortnight job. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of then I was like, right, let's look what else I'm interested in. And, um, yeah, I don't know, it just kind of turned to this. I, yeah, had met Mitchell, my now husband, by then, and it becomes pretty clear quickly that, you know, farmers aren't moving anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, there was no chance of getting a job somewhere else and us being able to um, work together. So that's all right. I still get my animal fix. I do a bit of volunteering. Um, I did like a five-week turtle tagging and monitoring thing up in Exmouth one year and that sort of thing. So I still get my little fix of um, being in that industry. But, yeah, I just – I think I always knew – I didn't hate the city, but I knew I didn't want to live there. So I would think I was always going to end back in the country. Didn't know where that was, but um, back regionally. So, yeah, it all turned out in the end. Met, met a farmer and I'm stuck here now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's worse places to be stuck. So that's Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, so that's really cool. So then somehow in this mix, um, you said that the family loves sport. And so I'm assuming that between having Merino sheep on the farm potentially and the love of sport, the idea must have just come to you one day to start an activewear range. Yeah, I suppose in a way it did, in the way, in another way, sorry, it was a really long journey. I kind of, yeah, when I went away from the zoology side, I kind of always had thought I'd like the idea of running my own business, but didn't really know what. And then it was actually a quick trip to Europe, only about a week and a half with um, my mum and some family. And I was in Paris, I think, and I bought some activewear. And I got home and I said to Mitchell, and I was like, why don't I make activewear? But I'd always wanted something to do with the farm, even though I would never want to work with Mitchell. <laughs> Nothing against him. I just, you know, I think I'm very independent. I'd like to have my own thing kind of thing. Um, but he said, what about wool, you know, tied into the farm in that way? And I got so excited about it, but I went, oh, there would only be winter stuff. And then I kind of delved into it and realised how great um, wool as a fibre is actually for active wear and for year-round wear when it's produced in a certain way, or not produced, but um, created and manufactured in a certain way. So, yeah, that kind of kick-started about two years of research and, you know, contacting different people and, yeah, just a whole journey to finally realize that it is perfect for active wear and that it can be done. And that's amazing because I think there's a lot of people still probably think about that when they hear active wear and they hear wool, mm-hmm. they just go, oh, hot, sweaty, no way. How does, so you, you mentioned there that it's in the process of um, like the processing phase is, is it how it's processed that affects the outcome? Yeah. Uh, there's a few different things. So it's kind of, um, you know, there's the different microns of wool. There's the ultra fine all the way up to the thicker, and the different microns are suitable for different things. So, you know, your thick dumpers are obviously not ultra fine or you know. Um, yeah, that, but uh, yeah, I suppose the styles we went with the, you know, was it uh, 
to, you know, double thickness. Um, yeah, there's lots kind of involved in it. But, yeah, we ended up with kind of a not an ultra-fine merino because that is very, very, very expensive. And <laughs> I think the Queen might wear ultra-ultra-fine <laughs> merino. <laughs> Um, but yeah, a pretty fine merino that yeah, it's just got all the all the benefits that we want to see in active wear. You know, super breathable, odor and sweat wicking, great UV protection, all that sort of thing. That yeah, made it absolutely perfect for year round active wear. Wow. So that how long was that process from when you, you you had that idea, chatting with Mitchell about it, and then you did the research, you brought it all together. Because, um, yeah, I mean, starting a business in that line must be quite difficult from taking that concept and then going, right, now we've got to get it made and produced and marketed and tested and all these sorts of things. Yeah, it was very lengthy. Um, and I was probably a bit naive, you know, going in with no experience in fashion or business or <laughs> anything like that. But it was probably about 18 months, two years. So, yeah, about 2018. Um, you know, we kind of came up with the idea and then it was, yeah, doing a bit of research, contacting people, trying to find a manufacturer that could even do some samples for me and then uh, launch the first products, the first line uh, midway through 2020, which was another challenge in itself in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it was quite a lengthy process. The hardest thing was finding manufacturers that – uh, could produce sporting style garments with merino wool or with wool in general. So um, I literally wanted to really stick with Australian made for everything, you know, stick with that support Australia uh, kind of theory, um, but quickly learned that, well, in all my research, I could not find anyone that could do that, that had the machines. You know, one person even said, we can do anything um, if you've got the money. I was like, okay, great, let's do this. And then they're like, oh, actually, <laughs> no, we can't. Right. <laughs> so I ended up finding um, a manufacturer over in China or in Hong Kong who could do it. So ran with them. Initially, the product was great. Um, you know, the samples they sent, it took – a little bit to kind of perfect the samples because you've you know they do one sample off the measurements you provide and the sample you give and then it takes a couple of weeks to be sent over and then we've got to try it on and measure it and send changes and then send it back for them so yeah it was a really really lengthy process um and yeah probably extended because of my lack of experience there and lack of um you know, knowing another language, <laughs> but that's right. There was no rush really. So it was, um, it was a great experience being able to do that. And then, you know, learning the kind of business things along the way, because I had the time I was, you know, finding out, you know, about trademarks and um, all the legalities of setting it up and, you know, the website and things like that, that, yeah, you have to do or you benefit from doing. So yeah, it was a really good experience. Yeah, and you do. You learn so much when you go into these things and uh, you can't know it all when you start. So that that's fair. That's completely fair. Um, <laughs> so if I can just ask here, what's the story behind the name, Lana Velo? Yeah, so it's actually a bit, well, not really funny, but I had another name and I was pretty happy with it. And then I went to trademark it and it came back as there was one similar and I was really annoyed because oh, one similar really wasn't that similar, but it was obviously too similar. Um, and then we, Mitchell and I, were just making lists of relevant words and then kind of playing around with putting some together and this and that. And then 
But yeah, Lana and Velo came up. So Lana is wool in Italian and Velo is fleece. So it doesn't directly translate to wool and fleece, but they were relevant words I kind of liked. I just wanted a um, kind of feminine but really strong name. Mm. That makes sense. So yeah, kind of just it was just a matter of playing around with words, and then that came up, and really liked it. So yeah. And then that moment of relief when you went to check the trademark and the name and the business name, and it was available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that's a lengthy thing too. So yeah, relief absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So the product itself. So you got the website going. You found a um a place to get it processed and made that you're happy with, and all the backwards and forwards mm-hmm. So then you had the product. Mm-hmm. How did you go about marketing it? Yeah, again, um, lack of experience there, <laughs> but learned a lot along the way. So I kind of, I had the website, I was doing social media stuff, I got in touch, I've had a few articles in the Elders and things like that, um, the Australian Wool Innovation or Wool Network, you know, they have uh, an annual Merino book, so I got into that. I did try a bit of paid print advertising, but didn't really find that work. Um, so it was really just a matter of trial and error for me and, you know, starting up and the investment of having the product because that really was not cheap, <laughs> mm. um, just doing what I could. But I found, honestly, the best thing for myself and the brand was going to local market days. I found everyone really liked being able to feel it and try it on. Once, I, I would say there was a 90% hit rate of people that tried it on that board. I think, um, like you said earlier, so many people might see online and um, like it but think it's wool and it's only good for winter even though on there I talk about it. So that's one of the main things I do and I get to do that when I go to the market days and speak with the people and, yeah, they get to try it on and realise how comfy it is and how breathable it is and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I would have loved to – I don't know, you take it international or get big billboards and that sort of thing, but it just wasn't really in the budget or the plan early on. So, yeah, stuck with what I could and got it out a bit. And word of mouth is, as with everything, the best the best form of marketing, isn't it? Indeed, yep. No, word of mouth is definitely a winner. And those markets as well because that's that. Um, I suppose that just multiplies the word of mouth quite quickly. Yeah. So it's obviously a difficult one because active wear, people can just walk into the store in the city. Um, I won't mention which store, but it's one that, you know, the types of stores that people go in to buy cheap active wear. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's all it's all polyester, you know, maybe maybe a hint of cotton, just like the smallest hint of cotton, <laughs> but mainly, mainly polyester. Yeah. So they can get them, they're cheap, they can chuck them out, that sort of thing. Trying to convert someone into spending more money onto a product which is more fine or like merino so it's much higher grade much higher quality do you find that once people have tried it on or felt it as you say at the markets that sort of thing that the price itself becomes very justified quite quickly just because it is an exceptional product yeah it's funny i do think that like when people get to yeah feel it and try it on and they realize how much how much better it is than uh that cheap stuff (laughs) (laughs) um but there's like there's some people that will walk in and you know value merino wool straight up and won't even ask the price they'll just go oh yeah you know they'll look and go i love this and buy it without even looking the price and there's some people who come in and look and go oh like oh really and no matter how much you like explain the benefits and how it's an investment you know it'll last you forever and this sort of thing they just go oh no i'll just go back to 
yeah, unnamed yeah. <laughs> place. Um, yeah, so lots of people do um, not get talked around, but they do kind of realise it's an investment. But that's a lot of what going to the market, I find, is. Um, yeah, so people can feel it and try it on and they actually realise it rather than just reading it and then having to take my word for it. Mm. Um, yeah, but, yeah, there's always a few that <laughs> just don't really care and will stick with the cheap stuff. And that's, you know, that's fine. Everyone's got different um, circumstances. But, uh, yeah, it is funny when some people are very defined and just won't won't see through, see past the, the, the quality. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's so funny too because the, the same people, they seem to have metrics where you're happy to spend a lot of money on something, no questions asked, but something else, um, you're happy mm. to just take cheaper quality. So I find that most people are very happy in the in the farming world. Most people are very happy to spend good money on a pair of boots. Um, yes. or even a hat, you know, boots and a hat. They're very happy to spend good money on that. They don't need to get a cheap one. Um, yeah. But something else, they might kind of go, oh, yeah, <laughs> nah, we, we don't need to spend heaps on that. That's funny, isn't it? It is, yeah, it's bizarre. But for the people that enjoy it, they obviously enjoy it a lot. So is, is the product available primarily online or is it available in um, physical shops anywhere? Yeah, we've got one or two physical stop, um, stores, but it's not – that's one of the things that I haven't really focused on initially um, was just running it to the market days and we didn't really have the um, the resources to be able to, you know, teach people how to sell it and that sort of thing. So there's one or two, but the best place really is online or especially the second half of the year and leading into Christmas, I get to a lot of markets. So um, that's always a great place to, yeah, be able to try it on and, yeah, see and touch and feel. So, yeah. So, it's been going for a couple of years quite strong, as you said, starting up during 2020-ish would have been quite difficult and challenging. So, we're a few years along from there now. So, how does the label sit as we're speaking now? Yeah, so it's been a nice, slow progression. I know lots of people, I mean, I'd love to be making millions in the first few, but really, <laughs> it's not realistic. So it's like growing slowly, which is really nice. We did have a really good launch. I did pre-sales in that launch in uh, 2020. So even though there's the pandemic, um, I think it was early on before people, you know, they had all the incentives to keep spending. So <laughs> it wasn't so bad then. But um, yeah, I've actually made the decision just in the last probably two months to take a step back at the end of the year. Um, not Nothing against Lana Velo. I am still so passionate about it, but we do have a little one. We've got Fletcher who's just turned two um, and we've leased a little bit more farmland this year. So it's busy, busy, and I've just not really got the time um, to be putting into it to take it where I want to. So I'm not closing the doors on it <laughs> I want to leave it open in a few years when I've maybe got a bit more time um I might step back into it but yeah just going to take a step back I'll still have the website um might get to the occasional event but I'm just putting no pressure on myself from the end of the year to um you know be maintaining social media presence and yeah going to every market I can find kind of thing so yeah it's sad to be uh, stepping back, but also a bit relieved to get a bit more time on my hands. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, I think that's very normal for a lot of people running farms and other businesses on the side is there's always a change in the season. Um, and yeah. at the moment, that time of the season is what's appropriate. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and hats off to you as well, because I think 
a lot of people who don't run their own businesses um, probably wouldn't anticipate just how much time is spent trying to market and having to upkeep social media and get to the markets. Those that are in a similar position know just how exhausting that can be. (laughs) Um, So yeah, no, that's that's great that it's still going to be available and it it does need to remain available because coming full circle back to the love of sport, um, (laughs) you and I were just chatting before we started recording about active farmers. Um, now you need to tell me a little bit more about this if you can, because you've obviously, you've got an active wear range and now you've got (laughs) active farmers. And so we've, yeah, we've, we've got a beautiful amalgamation happening here. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of what I did with Lana Bello, you know, on the socials and that sort of thing, it was all about encouraging rural and regional women to move their body and, you know, feel their best through movement and that sort of thing. And, you know, we all feel a bit of extra motivation when we buy a nice new set of active wear. So I, I did a lot of that with Lana Velo and um, I have always been really passionate about that as regional women, you know, we're very busy with kids and helping on the farm and all life's other commitments <laughs> um but yeah taking some time for you so the opportunity kind of arose sorry going a bit left field of active farmers at the moment <laughs> no, that's okay it'll come back <laughs> <laughs> but um the opportunity arose to become an rpm or a spin instructor in york and when i was in the city i really loved group fitness um as my form of movement you know i'm not i can't go out and just run i don't enjoy that so um yeah i jumped at that opportunity to make that uh, available in York and it's now extended. I've just done my body pump certification as well, which is really exciting. Um, and then as part of that, I kind of just went on and did my cert for fitness just to be a bit more knowledgeable about um, the body movement and that sort of thing for when I take classes. So as a qualified PT now, um, I heard all this great talk about this thing called active farmers. And I could be wrong, but I'm led to believe it started over east and it's really quite big over east and it's just about getting everyone from farming communities to come in have a social workout so yes it's exercise um, but it's a, a lot around the social side um, and also a, a, a social outing that's not centered around food or drink which I think is really great you know it's so easy to go down to the pub and catch up and then you have a few drinks um so yeah i love that side too and then yeah i just heard it there's a few really great towns running it in wa now and i thought i'd love to be able to bring that to wild catch them so there's a girl that's doing it in york already which is fantastic um but yeah i thought there's nothing like that in wild catch them so started that just last night um yeah and it was really great everyone came out and had a fabulous time and got a bit of a sweat up so yeah it's just really exciting to be able to offer that and Active Farmers as an um, organisation has got that really great reputation and that's spreading. So being able to uh, use that name and um, that reputation to get more people down is really exciting. It is. And look, I just, it has to be said, it's so exciting that you can go to these classes, you can help run them, you've got the qualification there and you can sell them the active wear at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I I didn't push that in the first thing, but I might put it up there in the group and give them a little discount code or something. I think it's inevitable. (laughs) I I think you'd be insulting if you didn't, to be honest. (laughs) It's just bad business if you don't. Um, And yeah, no, and that's good. I mean, it's great. As you say, getting people together from a fitness point of view, that is a really positive trend. 
I think we're starting to see more of that now, especially yeah. here in WA. And Absolutely. so, and being able to promote the product as well. Yeah, absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. That is just <laughs> phenomenal. So to make it easier for the listeners who are looking for some new active wear there, Michaela, where should they go online or where should they go to find the product? Yeah, so uh, our website, pretty straightforward, www.lanavello.com.au or you can just Google Lanavello or uh, Instagram and Facebook, yeah, just at Lanavello. Try to keep it nice and simple there. <laughs> simple is good. And thank you so much for talking with us today, Michaela. It's been really great just finding out about you, the background, uh, the label, and now being able to do group exercises as well. So if you're around the Wiley area, no excuses. You know where to go now. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, Michaela, thanks so much for your time. It was really, really great. And we really appreciate you uh, sharing some of your stories with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. For more information or to get in contact with one of the team, visit us at milne.com.au or call 9351 0726.